it look like for us as a church to be ready to respond to our community when crisis comes? So what I want to tell you kind of up front here in the beginning is, is this. I want to say thank you. Thank you for not just attending church, but thank you for being the church today. That's awesome. You can give yourselves a hand. That's, yeah. So, uh, so it's the last Sunday of the year, and uh, usually about this time of year, I, I start to feel a little bit sad, a little bit down, because Christmas, there's this huge buildup, and then it was just one day, and, it was, and now it's just over. Maybe I should be Jewish, because Hanukkah would be like something that would last. But, uh, but then also what comes with that is just the opportunity to reflect, uh, to reflect on the year that has been. Uh, to reflect with friends and family about some of the some of the greatest stories and some of the biggest challenges that have happened. And I thought it might that might be a good thing for us this morning to just kind of press pause, to take a moment and to reflect on on 2013 and think about maybe one of your highlights, maybe one of the best stories of 2013. And here's what I'm going to ask you to do. I'm going to ask you to turn to someone near you and in 30 seconds or less, share one of your favorite stories from 2013. Okay. And the reason why it has to be 30 seconds or less is because it's not just about you. It's about the person you're talking to. They need to share a story too. All right. And I know that's going to be tough. It's going to be a cliff notes version of, of that story, but I believe in you. Okay. All right. So we're going to do that right now and take about a minute to do that. So go ahead and share with someone near you. I'm going to give you 15 more seconds, so wrap up the story. You can, it, it can end like this, the end, just like that. Sorry, to, sorry, I didn't mean to freak you out to actually turn to someone and talk to them, but uh, it's good every now and then, you know? I mean, it is called Connect Church, right? Um, so this is actually a really good exercise, and sometimes it's a discipline to, to kind of force yourself to uh, not just look at the challenges, but look at the wins. And, and I think that there are some wins here. How many had kind of a win or a good story to celebrate? Yeah, yeah, plenty of people. Yeah, and, and I think that's a really good thing. And here's what I want to challenge us to think about today, that it's not just about our small stories, but there is a bigger story going on. So what we're doing today, we're kind of wrapping up a series that, that started, that really began Connect Church. And um, it's, it's really about the 66 words that are in the Lord's Prayer, or, or what some of us know as the Our Father. And what's incredible about this prayer is that it isn't just a prayer, but it actually can point us to a better way to live, to how, how we can better follow Christ. 
Now, for some of us, it may be something that we're so accustomed to. We've heard so many times that we don't even hear it anymore. It's, it can just be one of those things. Or maybe it's, it's one of those things that that prayer uh, is just, it, it feels traditional. It's real, it feels rote. It feels mundane. There's no life in that. But the truth is, there is a lot of life in it. And it will show us and point us to a better way to live. Now, the Lord's Prayer is, full, is, is filled with really kind of six phrases. And these six phrases really point us to some very specific things to do and, and, some, and it really kind of point us to who we're becoming in Christ. But the first five phrases, as great as they are, they don't mean anything if we don't get the last phrase, the sixth phrase right. And so that's kind of where we're going today. We're going we're gonna to look at the last part of the Lord's Prayer, the end of the prayer. And really, it's about coming to a place where, uh, where we realize that it isn't about our story, that it is about a bigger story that's going on. And in fact, in a word, you could say it's about submission. Now, just a quick straw poll here. How many on your way today, on your way here, were thinking, man, I really hope that I hear a strong, a good talk about submission. Anyone? I really want to hear more about how I can submit my life to something else. I really hope that, uh, that I hear about that today. Anybody walk in kind of thinking that? Yeah, I didn't think so. But that is how this prayer ends. It ends kind of submitting and pointing to a great big God who is up to something, who has a much greater story going on in the world. And so what we're going to do, we're going to look at the last part of the Lord's Prayer. And uh, it's going to help guide us into this bigger story. And it's all about submission. So here is the last part of the Lord's Prayer. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. All right. Have a great week. No, um, no, we should probably follow that up. Now, for, for some of us, that may be brand new. Like maybe we've never heard that before. Those of us who maybe have been to Mass and have recited the Our Father, maybe that is something brand new that we've never heard as a part of the Lord's Prayer. And the truth is, this part of the Lord's Prayer was actually not included in some of the original manuscripts uh, that the uh, New Testament was written in. But scholars believe that this is exactly what a, a rabbi and especially Jesus would have said any good Jewish person would have said to end the prayer to, because it points everything back to God. So let's talk about the language for a second, okay? Uh, let's talk about that word thine. How many have used that word thine recently? Anyone? Anyone at all? Yeah, not so much. It's not something we use on a regular basis. But that word thine really means it's just another word for your. So yours is the glory and the power. Now, now that we know what it means, though, I think we should try all of this from here on out. 2014, first New Year's resolution. Let's try to use thine every day. How about that? Huh? Like, what is thine soup of the day? It just sounds majestic. Actually, it sounds like something Thor would say, which would go over great in my family. I don't know about you. Um, so for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. And, and here's what this is talking about. The truth is we all have kingdoms. Maybe you didn't know this when you walked in today, but you suspected that you, you were part of royalty, that you should be a king. Well, the truth is we all have kingdoms. But our kingdoms are our lives, they're our families, they're our finances, they're everything that are kind of our day-to-day. And the truth is we all have power. Power to do right and wrong, power to influence for good. 
And we all want glory. And glory is really just a biblical word for the greatness, the significance of, of, of what is happening around us. And if you add all of these things up, it's a declaration to God about what he is up to. That it's all his and not mine. And right out of the gate, I think we probably have a bit of a problem with the end of this prayer, right? Because some of you may even be kind of disconnecting like, okay, that sounds great. You had me, but I like being king. I'm not giving up being a king. And, and, and that is kind of the challenge with this is that when we talk about submission, we're really talking about kind of setting something aside. And, uh, and I think if we made a list of maybe our top 10 words that we were uncomfortable with, uh, besides the word moist, which who, that, that should be removed from the English dictionary, um, would be the word submission. Because I think that we are just uncomfortable with that word. I mean, think about it. Imagine you're in a job interview and you sit down and they say, hey, tell me something about yourself. And you say, okay, well, I'm a go-getter, you know, and I have weaknesses like I'm a perfectionist because everybody says that, right? And then, and then you say, but you know what? The best thing about me is I am submissive. I love to submit all day long. Submit, submit, submit. Yeah, all day. No, nobody, no one says that. And I think it's kind of ingrained in us as Americans that we are staunchly anti-submissive in our culture. I mean, think about just America in general. I mean, we were based, our country was founded on the rejection of authority. We were founded on the rebellion and rejection of Dave's people, actually, if you think about it. Which is pretty awesome. Get out of here, you Brits. Um, <laughs> this crowd is warming right up, aren't, aren't you? Um, so, yeah, so from children's stories to, you know, popular movies to punk rock, it's all about sticking it to the man, whoever the man is. But it's really about us doing things our way. And submission, really, at its deepest level, is this idea it's, in fact, there's a, the Greek word for submission in the ori- original language that the New Testament was written in is this word, hupostasso. Everybody say, hupostasso. Yeah, it sounds Italian, right? Um, but hupostasso really means that to be under the command of someone else, of something else. And deep down inside, I think submission, it rubs us the wrong way. I think that we don't really want to submit to anyone. Kids think they know better than their parents, right? Students think they're smarter than the teacher, right? And then you have, you have kind of employees who think, oh yeah, if I ran the place, it'd be much better than my jerk boss, right? And voters think they know better than, than the people in Washington, D.C., right? I feel like I should point that out. <laughs> All right. Um, so back to the Lord's Prayer. So that's submission. But I think when we come to these final and these important words in the Lord's Prayer, thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever, we are praying a prayer of submission. And so for this prayer to, uh, to really, for us to really get this, what we have to understand is that it unlocks everything that we've already said here at the end and it puts us in our right place. And so when we're saying, God, I submit to you, I put myself under your command, that is a serious thing. And that is really where we need to be. And I think if we ever want to pray these words and really, really mean them, I think what we need to do is come to a place where we can submit at least to God. 
And one of my favorite stories in the Bible about kind of an example of this or, or someone submitting is a, a story of John the Baptist. And if you don't know, John is uh, Jesus's crazy looking cousin. OK, we all have them in our family. Right. You know, it's that it's that crazy person, you know, that, you know, the guy that brings locusts to a barbecue. You know, I mean, that's just weird. Right. But he wasn't crazy. He just looked crazy. I mean, John was the was the one that was to prepare the way for Jesus. And he does this by preaching about this kingdom that Jesus is bringing. And he baptizes people left and right. And so he's actually this highly respected, powerful prophet. And one day he's speaking about Jesus. And and here's what he says. He says, he must become greater. I must become less. I mean, what a statement for him to make. For him to say, okay, this isn't about me. This This isn't my story. This is his story. His story, not mine. I love the message translation of this. It says, this is the assigned moment for him to move into the center while I slip off into the sidelines. So you have this famous, successful, powerful, influential guy, and, uh, and he puts himself under Jesus so that Jesus can become greater. And have you ever said that to anyone? Hey, I just want to fade off into the sidelines. This is all you. This is your story, not mine. I mean, unless you're like avoiding organized crime or the law, probably not, right? It's just not within us. It's not a natural thing. But John doesn't just say it glumly or solemnly or in an emo sort of way. He says it, and he is not passive. He's not a sissy. He is a man's man. I mean, he is out in the wilderness, and, and he is, you know, his beard is growing long, and he wears, you know, camel hair uh, coats, you know, which sounds really nice, actually. And, and, uh, and he has locusts, kind of pieces of locusts hanging from his beard because that's what he eats. But in the end, he is this man who stands up who stands up and isn't afraid to call people out. He is a man's man. He's wearing camel hair's coats. He's, he's eating locusts for breakfast. What did you have for breakfast? I had a croissant. So yeah, he's a man's man. And he is standing up and he, you know what he does? He says, no, no, this is me stepping off to the sidelines because Jesus, this is about you. Your story, not mine. Listen to another time when John speaks of Jesus as he baptizes people. He says, I'm baptizing you here in the river, turning your old life in for a kingdom life. The real action comes next. The main character in this drama, compared to him, I'm a mere stagehand. He is a stagehand for Jesus. He's not concerned with his own story. And, and here's the thing. we got to learn from John how to end this prayer. And we can take his cues and we can learn submission isn't this weak thing, but it can be this thing when it's for the right reasons, for the right person, that is this powerful thing. And, and that is the opportunity as we end this prayer. That's what submitting to God is all about on a daily basis. It's about me re- reorienting my life totally and completely because it's his story, not mine. And can I just be real and just share with you how this has been true for me. Dave mentioned that, uh, that uh, we planted a church about, uh, uh, about three years ago in my hometown. And I have to tell you that there have been moments where for some reason I lost the plot and kind of began to think, no, this is about me. This is my story. And, and you know what I've learned in those moments when we begin to think that it's our story? That the pressure is on us. Because if we're the king of our kingdom, then it's up to us to produce But over the last three years, I have been humbled and I've been forced 
to learn that even in the little things, if I can submit, if I can submit the little things, then the pressure is no longer on me, but it is on God. And it's in those moments where I get a picture of a bigger story that isn't my story, but it is his story. And here's the truth, though. Just if I'm being real, that I have to remind myself of this on a regular basis because it's so easy for me to slip back into the mode that this is my story. And so I have to remind myself, this is your story, not mine. This is your story, God, not mine. So let me ask, even as I ask myself, how is it going for you? I mean, how are you doing in this area? What is it for you that maybe kind of gets in the way that sort of pushes you into thinking that it's your story? Maybe it's maybe it's your kingdom and it's going great or your kingdom is is really tough right now. But but you want more power. You want more glory. Those aren't bad things. In fact, those can be really, really good things. But we just have to remind ourselves that thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory because we all have kingdoms. And we have this drift that we want more glory. And it's really easy for things to be switched around and for us to be seeking out our kingdom, our power, and our glory in our everyday lives. And, you know, I think the problem comes when we, when we do what Tim Keller talks about in his uh, incredible book, Counterfeit Gods. He talks about when we take good things, things that are very good, and they become ultimate things. They, they, when a good thing becomes an ultimate thing, it always disappoints us. And here, here's what he says. He says, we never imagine that getting our heart's deepest desires might be the worst thing that can ever happen to us. That's tough. But I think it rings true. It's like that old saying goes, the two worst things that, that can happen to a person are not getting what you want or getting what you want. Because here's what I think happens. Good things inevitably become ultimate things in our lives. You know, it can be about kids and our dreams, or it can be about retirement. It can be about that special someone, that boyfriend, that girlfriend. It can be about golf. It can be about college. It can be about uh, that sports team. Whatever it is, it's, it's just natural that the way that we live our lives, eventually good things inevitably become ultimate things. And so this is why we need the ending to this prayer, to recognize that it isn't our story that it is his story so submitting my life is about reorienting my life it's about reorienting my kingdom and my power to be second because the truth is this he must increase and i must decrease so it is about me helping to spread his kingdom not him spreading my kingdom it is about helping make jesus famous not nate famous it is about bringing more glory to god and not to me it is constantly, constantly pushing us towards his story and not mine. And I think that if we can really wrap our minds around this and we can really come to a place and get this, then I think things will change. There's this Jewish practice uh, that's called the Sabbath box. And uh, what, the way that it works is before every Sabbath, a box is placed in a prominent place in the house and anything that might distract you from the Sabbath gets kind of put into that box. So like a phone or car keys or, you know, in my house, it would be kind of a game console or, you know, for you, I don't know, maybe it's like live animals, I, whatever it is, you know, that's distracting you. I'm not, you know, whatever it is, 
it gets put into the box. And then once it gets put into the box, the custom is this. The custom is to kind of look up towards God with your palms up and just to simply say, yours, not mine. Yours, not mine. Yours, not mine. And can I just suggest to you today that as we wrap up 2013, that maybe this is exactly what we need to put our place, or put ourselves into a place of submission. And I don't know how 2013 has gone for you. Maybe there's been lots of accomplishments. Maybe there's been lots of heartache. If it's like any other year for me, then it's a little bit of both. But the truth is, if we can come to a place where we submit, where we say, this is your story and it's not mine, that's when things begin to change. See, Jesus' whole point in teaching his followers to pray this prayer was for, for him to give them a glimpse that they are meant to become a, a part of something much greater. And it isn't about their story. It's about his greater story. That we are second to God's story. So maybe we can practice this. Maybe we can say this out loud. Why don't we say this together? Okay, are you ready? On three. One, two, three. Yours, not mine. One more time. Yours, not mine. It's God's story. It's not our story. Dallas Willard, one of my favorite authors, he paraphrases this last part of the Lord's Prayer. He says, you are the one in charge. You have all the power. You have all the glory. And it's to yours forever, which is just the way that we want it. So let's review this prayer just for a moment. It begins with this expression of our Father, who you're in heaven. And it's this intimate connection with God. It's, it's preparing ourselves for this face-to-face conversation with a God who cares deeply about us. It's not, hey God, you're way up there, I'm way down here. But it is this intimate conversation of, you're my father, you're my daddy. You're the one who gets me. You're the one who cares for me. And that's how it begins. And Jesus, he wants for us, above everything else, else to see that God is who he says he is. And that's his, that his way of living, this kingdom way, as we ask for it to come, it gets revealed to us that this is the new reality around us. And we can have this confidence that he will take care of us. We don't have to worry about what's going to happen tomorrow or even what's going to happen in the present because God is caring for us and we can trust that. And that also that we're not the center of our reality. And that he deserves our best every day. And we can forgive others because he has forgiven us. And we can come to this place of trust. And we can resist temptation because we have his spirit. These are these 66 words and they end with submission. So think about this. What would your relationships look like if you were able to pray this prayer and end it in submission, saying, your story, God, not mine? Imagine what would happen with the people in your life that are far from God, that are skeptical of Christianity, that are skeptical of Jesus. What would happen if you started to live these 66 words out? I think they would get a glimpse, a picture of who Jesus really is and what he is really about 
And it would change their minds about everything. And I think that things will change if we can live this prayer out. If we can say, your story, not mine. It's about your kingdom. It's about your power. It's about your glory. Can you feel the hope in that? takes the pressure off of us. And maybe for far too long you've been trying to hold your story together, clinging to that. And if that's the case, then this is a breath of fresh air that it's not your story to hold on to. It's God's story. And so Jesus ends the prayer really the same way that it begins. It's, it culminates in a shout of praise and a response that God is at the center of everything and thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever that it's your story god not mine so here's what i want us to do i I would love to end kind of this talk and this message by just us praying these 66 words together so we're going to put them on the screen right here and uh we're just simply going to pray these prayers this prayer together as a community and don't forget the submissive part don't forget that it isn't our story that it's his so let's pray it together Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. God, it's your story, not mine.